Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Well, guys, uh, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. This is my podcast that I host. Um, I've been watching you guys like on Comic Book Men for years. Uh, yes, I love the hat, me. Love the hat. I've been watching you guys for years. And now that you're on Amazon, I went back and did a rewatch. Oh, great. It's, it's a perfect time to do it because, I mean, I mean, if Amazon gets those tracking numbers and we've got like 14 billion people watching us, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic if they brought you back for season eight. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we only got a, you know, a half a season, that'd get us to a hundred episodes, which is yeah. what I've always wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the show. I absolutely love the show. I'm a big fan of like anything Kevin Smith. I listen to Tell Him Steve Dave. I listen to you guys. I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. So it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be talking with you. Ming, I actually met you last year at C2E2. Yeah. That, uh, I, I love that convention. I really would, yeah. uh, I, Wish I would have went this year um, yeah. because it was one of the last cons before everything shut down. Yeah, uh, but too, I just I I love that show. I don't know what it is. I mean, I love the city of Chicago. I love how big that convention is, but you you never really feel crammed in there or right. usually room to walk around. And then they always have really cool guests. So, um, uh, yeah, last year when I went, um, I literally bumped into Paul Paul Rudd. I mean, how, it doesn't get any better than that. So, wow, it, it was. Did he look just as young as he does in every photo? He, he does. He looks. Uh, I think he just turned fifty, right? So, yeah. Um, he looked easily like if he said, "Oh, I'm thirty years old," I, I, I would have, I would have believed it. Yeah, I hit thirty, and then I just turned to forty. It's like you know. So. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm just marking off time until I die. But yeah, right, and that's another day. <laughs> Uh, so how's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm seriously worried about the stash after this whole thing goes down. I know I was listening to tell him Steve, Dave Walt said something about when they can open up again, they'll open up until the end of the year. And then Kevin's going to like kind of figure out what they're going to do with the stash at that point. Uh, fear not true believer. Uh, Mike, tell him what's going on. Well, we're, we're actually, uh, I, I don't know if this is going to make Kevin be like, you know, Hey, let's save the stash. But uh, I mean, we are keeping the lights on. We're doing curated boxes. Uh, the four of us are actually going to go and shop for you. So we've got like three tiers, $25, 50 and $100, where we go and we go through our back issues, stuff that we love to, to read is, you know, um, kids, teenagers, yeah. even up to now. And it, it goes in your box. Uh, Walt used to put out something called a glory hole, which was just – and this was the selling point. He's like – I'm trying to, to make room for stuff and there's crap here and I'll throw it in there and you get a hundred dollars worth of stuff for 50 bucks. But this is actually stuff that we love. This is stuff that I stand behind and Ming, you better stand behind your stuff. So if you start picking out like, uh, 
I don't know, freak force or something else, I, I will kick your ass. So. Uh, well, with me, it'll be not just good, but good enough. So okay, <laughs> it's it's got the mini seal of approval. Okay, yeah. so is it is it like a Ming box, a Mike Zapsic box, or is you'll, it everybody? You'll get a blind box. Um, it's curated by either Brian, Walt, Ming, or me. It's it's not like mixes. This is you're getting a Mike box. You're getting a, a Ming box. You can't. They're all blind. So you don't know who you're getting, but it will have a card saying that your box was curated by Ming. So you know who to blame if it sucks and right. who to be like, Hey, Mike really picked it out for me. I just got a bunch of Ming, Ming Chen Funko Pops. What the hell? I got 17 yeah. Ming Funko Pops. Yeah. Who the hell needs, no one needs one, let alone 17. And what's messed up is it was curated by Brian Johnson. What is he trying to pull? <laughs> uh, he wants you to use them as sex toys. That's, that's what Brian, <laughs> uh, it's. And he'll give you directions too. I think he has printouts that say, you know, insert. Um, oh, wow. Right there. Detailed instructions. <laughs> Fantastic. I just got the dirtiest look from my wife who's microwaving her car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have kids you might have kids listening. So, yes. Um, well, it, Donnie, those are, you know, you can insert uh, flap A into slot B. I mean, that's, that's a legitimate um, when you're building a model. I thought I was going to get comic books. I got a copy of the Kama Sutra and 17 Ming Chen Funko Pops. What the hell is going it, on here? It's the Comic Sutra. Oh, man. Oh, dude, we should Damn. do that. Brian, you just gave me a great idea. You get no credit for it. But you know what? Maybe I'll send you a signed copy. Oh, signed I love by it. Brian Johnson. <laughs> I, I, I was your muse. You took the idea and ran with it. So. Yes. I, I will call you my muse. M-E-W-E-S. You're my muse. Right, can, we, <laughs> can we put Starfire in the comic suture? Cause I'm, I'm in. Uh, if you do, we'll probably get sued by DC Comics. I'm fine with that. Turner. Okay. Good. <laughs> Squashed by a giant conglomerate. There you go. That's how can, how can people, how can people sign up for this box? Where do they go? Uh, you have to call me at this dash. Most okay. of I had this idea where I could have people email, but I got like flooded like eight. There were, there was literally like 120 uh, emails just, Hey, give me a call. I'm like, Oh God, there's no way I'm I'm going to get to this. There's yeah. no way I can take all the orders and, um, you know, curate boxes as well. So um, from here on in, you can go to, um, or, or give me a call at the stash seven, three, two, eight, seven, five, eight, zero, five, zero, eight. And put in your order, pay by credit card right over the phone, and we'll ship it out to you. Very cool. What do you guys? What do you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing? I mean, I, I, Mike, you're not at the stash. You're not working right now. I am guys, actually. Are you? True. I am at the stash. Yeah, I'm there for uh, seven hours out of the day, taking people's orders and making boxes. You just get them there. Uh, uh, yeah. You're not gonna admit it, but um, I think. I don't know what would happen to him if he didn't have the store to go to. I think uh, he would wander the streets, touch people. Does that I was real. I almost thought I saw him in that uh, Joe Exotic Tiger King documentary, but it was everybody just kind of looked like him. So <laughs> you know, I'm smoking uh, crack, I, I or meth. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's that's yeah. the look that Gidham's cultivated nowadays. Yeah, yeah, we're here at the bottle dump talking to one of his former employees. So. <laughs> I love get him. I'm just fucking around. Yeah, no, no, not, no. You're you're not though because I think he would. I think he would thrive in that environment. Um, working, you know, steady job. The pay wasn't that great, but that scene where they're digging through that truck with the expired meat from Walmart, 
he does that. He do, he goes through the dumpster and he gets expired meat. He's the original Tiger King. Oh my yeah. god, he yeah. did that. And he not was, even for like tiger consumption, for his own consumption. Yeah, yeah. He would go through he would go through uh like dumpsters at grocery stores and he'd be like, This meat's only only expired two days. Like, yeah, you can still eat this. And he, he pulls out a thermometer, checks it. He's like, "Well, the the core temperature is." And he he pulls like a CSI kind of thing. Wow. Or NCIS. He's like, "Well, you know, if I cook it to a temperature of 168 degrees, I know that I won't die." It's like if you're gambling, if if those are the dice you're throwing to see if you come up uh, seven or eleven, there's no way that you should have <laughs> survived to this point. But he did. But he has. Yeah. I, I got hats off to him. Yeah. You know, good for you, man. I, I would not do that to myself, <laughs> but you go, boy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's really like, he's showing some initiative there. I think he'd be in management within a week uh, for Joe, Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. He'd be, he'd be taking, he'd be doing everything for sure. But, <laughs> uh, but he's, he's stuck at the stash and, uh, and to Mike, <coughs> Mike's enjoyment and amusement. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Is he being safe? Do you see him using hand sanitizer? And uh, is does he wear a mask? I don't know. Or, or do you feel safe around him? Uh, if he's not dead, I feel safe because I mean he's he again questionable uh, practices for all sorts of stuff. Sure. Uh, not just business practices, but questionable practices in general, life choices. Right. And hey, if, if it hasn't killed him, it probably won't kill me. He's not. He's not the carrier type. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> he would, he, he's like the guy that would burst out. You know, if he would have been the first one at Chernobyl to to get like the, you know, the the skin sloughing off his face. Sure. So he, he's he's sort of my canary in the coal mine. <laughs> he's, right. he's he's your litmus test. All right, exactly. As long as not wandering around the store naked, he was like, "Oh, it's really hot in here." Like those dudes who was, they were digging out the reactor, and again, yeah. they just close off, close him down with with foam. But he's still and, six feet away, and he's still wearing a face mask. So props. Yeah, well, not not so much the face mask, but um, can I should I tell uh, Brian the story of yesterday when I went in? Absolutely. Okay, so I go into the stash yesterday, and this was just. I, I popped in because a friend of mine was coming in from Pennsylvania. He, he just buried his dad, and he just wanted to say hi. And um, so I go in, and I had I met him, and then I was going to have a podcast with Ming afterwards. And I go in, and I, I'm walking up to the, the front of the store, and we have back issues, like a, a huge line of back issues. And on the back issues is semi-neatly folded over or just, like, laid out nicely was a pair of pants. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap. And I said, get them. Are you wearing pants? And he said, not those, which is an obvious answer. <laughs> not, not those pants that you're looking at. But I, yeah. I, I changed into shorts. And I was like, so you just drop trow, put them up here. We're wandering around until you found your shorts again and then put them on. So you never know what you're going to find when you go to the stash. It's like the stash after hours. I was expecting to hear like, you know, 70s porn music in the background, see the funkadelic lights. I was like, yeah. what are you doing in here? 
I would just, I would have put a price tag on them and said that they were like Bruce Banner's jeans or something. Uh, ooh, they're, they're Bill Bixby wore them in the world. Not quite as ripped, Brian. Okay. Yeah. Did so, I, like, make, wow. Okay. Just make I, yourself at home at the stash there. Wow. Uh, get them. He knew no one was coming in. And you surprised him. no one was coming in. He should have known better than that. Right. And you surprised him. So obviously it's like, um, and you know, are there, is there a sign on the door that says no, no shoes, no pants, no service? Because I know he, he had the door chalked open about a foot. You know, he, he, he wanted to get some fresh air in the stash, which I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. But people walking by see a door that's chalked open. They're like, Hey, let's go in there. Hey, this is it. This is the Wild West. There are no rules. Let's go in there and see what's going on. Right. He just, he just like one up to Spicoli. Spicoli at least like walked in there with no shirt. He didn't start like derobing once he got into the establishment. Exactly. But uh, I we weren't open for business, so that's yeah, true. It's it's I suppose fair, but it wasn't fair to me when I walked in and I saw those things, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that's so bizarre I, yeah i've never walked into any place that i've ever worked and saw a pair of pants laying around yeah not i mean i'm sure you've you've seen them hanging up for sale but sure. you know, they, yeah so yeah i mean brian would you like to because uh you know when we reopen you're welcome to come down and uh yeah there, on, there's, a, there's a one in what one in six chance you might see a pair of pants uh on that back issue bin I'm I'm willing to gamble. I'm willing to gamble. Actually, depending on how long we're in shutdown and the more comfortable he gets, I'd say that's a one in one chance that okay. you can do that. And so, it's getting hotter out, and you know. So. Yeah, are these pants for sale? <laughs> Get them pants. Uh, is how's how's the uh, how's his tooth fund going? Oh, is that still happening? No, he's, he's <laughs> no. I mean, he's got the money to do it, but he's just like, this is, this is my look. This is, yeah. this is how people know me. Yeah. And I can eat corn sideways. So it's fine. Yeah. He shovels it in and it comes out clean. Like <laughs> yeah. He just jams the cob in and then pulls it out. He's like, we're done. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to get those teeth. I, I wouldn't call it like a trademark, like Brian Johnson's beard. That's a trademark. Yeah. But the, the no teeth. That's something that should be fixed. <laughs> He's it's, never- yeah, it's, it's like leaving. It's like having a barn and no doors. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people pay good money to to wear those Billy Bob teeth in, at Halloween. So. He's just, he's rocking that year round. <laughs> so every day is is Halloween for him. Every day is Halloween. He, he should get a grill. Like each tooth says like T E S D on it, or uh, he could get one with, like LED lights on it. He should get uh, kind of like a like a grill. He keeps like shorting it out, and it like shocks him. So he's like always like <laughs> this. Oh, well, yeah, that would be the one. He would get the grill from the the flea market. Yes. Yeah, the the one that that will definitely you know uh, short circuit and give him a you know twenty thousand volt jolt every time that he smiles. A low voltage. He can handle it. It's fine. <laughs> hey, people can can handle up to like nine hundred thousand volts. So. <clears throat> we can yeah. spread that out over a long period. Okay, it's not the vault; it's the ampage. Just remember. yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you, Mister Wizard. But <laughs> <laughs> well, people are constantly giving him money, though. So he had a tooth fund. He had the his house burned down fund. Yeah, and then didn't Q offer him like five grand to lose weight? 
Yeah. He's, he could be a very rich man by now and um hasn't happened yet. No. No. Still living in the basement, still doing stuff. But hey, yeah, it that, that like I said, his lifestyle choices he's not dead yet, so God bless him. Right, right. I wouldn't recommend them to other people, but it's 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 sure working out for him, I guess. I wouldn't recommend them for him, but I guess I was proven wrong. Good point. Good point. <laughs> what are you guys watching right now? Are you guys watching anything new on TV that people should be checking out? I mean, the theaters are closed, so it's not like we're watching new movies in the theater. That's true. I I can't seem to get into anything new yet. I'm watching all old stuff, so I'm really into The Office right now, which I'd never seen before. I've um, never seen it either. And everybody raved about it. I I highly recommend it. I um I think initially when it was big in I guess the or the early two thousands or the mid two thousands, I didn't watch it because uh, I uh, I was under the assumption that all network sitcoms were horrible. Yeah. Um, I and I think I came to this conclusion when uh, I think I, I I was in the grocery store and I think I saw a, a copy of TV Guide on the on the shelf. And on the front cover was a picture of the friends and uh, the caption was best sitcom ever. And I was like, no, really? I, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old. So I'm from the, the school of like cheers. Yes. Uh, you know, right. And, and, and I did a cheers rewatch yeah. last year and it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. For the most part, it, it holds up pretty well. Yeah. They don't make too many dated references, uh, in that uh, whole run. The first cool. season, there's a couple episodes that are a little, uh, not friendly. Mm-hmm. Little clunky, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, just an amazing show. And like, you watch the the first few seasons, and the actor that played Coach was so funny. It's such a damn shame we lost him so yeah. early. Nicholas Colasante, he yes. was he yeah. was amazing. But I mean, they didn't lose a step. They didn't have like that that whole. Well, he's he's dead, but let's pretend he's on vacation for six months. Yeah, nope. they actually brought in Woody, and Woody, uh, I'm, I'm Woody Harrelson was. Brilliant in that. Absolutely. So yeah. I mean, he, he, he slid right in there, uh, plug and play. It was great. And even when they replaced Diane with, uh, Rebecca. Yes. That was really, really well done. Um, yeah, Cheers holds up and you've got so many iconic characters in there, like, uh, Norm and Cliff. Yeah. I mean, you say Norm, you say Cliff, you automatically think of, uh, first Cheers and then Ming Chen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I met John Ratzenberger at C2E2 a few years ago and went up and had him sign something for my dad. I should have got it for me because I'm a huge fan too. But um he started like naming out, like started talking about the Blarney Stone and giving out facts just like the actual character in the show. I was just like, this is like full service right now. This is amazing. I, I read somewhere that he was supposed to be like a one-off character and – they were just so impressed with because he he did a little bit of research. He he knew enough to be dangerous and then just start making stuff up about yeah. it. And it was that's that's how we got to be like a uh, a full tier character. Cheers yeah. was last in the ratings its first season. Yeah, yeah. and that blows my mind. I remember watching it when it was first run and thinking, "Wow, this is a very funny sitcom." I hope that it sticks around. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that, that started in what, what mean, like 84, 83? 83, I believe. Uh, yeah, 83, maybe, yeah, somewhere. Very 82, early. it was 82. It was 82, okay. Yeah, earlier. And, um, so yeah, when I saw that, that caption on that TV guide, I'm like, this is, that's, yeah, you know, friends, you know, yeah, God friends. 
people love it, but there's no, I, I, I've watched it. There's, and it's, it's, it's got its moments, but no chance is it the funniest sitcom ever, ever made. I, you know, yeah. I put that over to Cheers. And so I kind of lost all faith in any network comedies. And I was like, all right, if that's the, that, if that's the bar for com, for a network TV comedy, I, I don't, I'm not going to watch anymore. So that kind of scared me off, uh, any network comedies, uh, um, for a while. I say we trash friends for a couple of minutes because I mean, that was, it was, it was an ensemble cast and it had some fairly talented people, but it was, it was so it's, it began the hipster douchebag movement. In my opinion, it was the, like, it's like, here, here's your blueprint for being a hipster douche. Oh yeah. I think if you look at the, the, the spreadsheet, the bar graph, yeah. The, the rate, the correlation between the, the number of hipster douchebags and Friends episodes, yes, I think it would correlate ra- exactly. Yes, you yeah, look, the Venn, Venn diagram, diagram lines up yeah. really well. Yeah, see the Venn diagram. It, I mean, Friends is right in the center, and it's like everything else that that you ever wanted to, you know. I think produce your bag. It's about. the show started off like really fun, and then when it just started turning into like relationship drama all the time, Rachel and Ross and all this stuff. I did drop off the show. I used to watch it and then I just kind of like dropped off the show. So I haven't revisited it in years, but I do. I I'm with you, Ming, as far as like the network comedies, I got off of them. I started watching the Goldbergs early on and then I stopped watching that. And then I watched modern family the first few seasons and I stopped watching that. But I still, to this day, watch every season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Like that. Like, I wouldn't call that a network comedy. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's on FX. That's like cable. And I, it is fantastic. That's like taking Seinfeld, where they're all just horrible people. And even Seinfeld. Seinfeld yeah. did have its moments. And again, you know, very hipstery, very, you know, um, very one note. But then you got It's Always Sunny, which takes it to that next level. Of, yeah. These are horrible human beings. Yes. They should, have, they, they should be locked up in prison or, you know, um, at least stalked by a serial killer, each one of them. So. Yeah, but it's, it's it, I don't know, that show, I watched it from the first season, like on TV, I was watching it as it was airing. And then they get Danny DeVito the second season. And I'm just like, this is perfect. He is a fucking treasure. I love that man. Yeah, it's like a really fine-tuned automobile, and then putting in um, nitrous oxide. That's that's what it is. You're just jamming yeah. a uh, your your uh, turbo charge, and boom, right there. It's it's like wow. And they take it to they take that um, their situations to that level, and then you throw Danny DeVito in there. Yeah, it's like well, here's what drugs and alcohol can make this situation even worse. <laughs> right. Right. I also watch, I watch a lot of Curb. We were talking about Seinfeld and I'm a big fan of Larry David. So it was nice to see him be able to do what he wants to do on HBO. And I found out that the HBO executive said, whenever you have a season ready to go, we'll, we'll do it. Like there's no like set deal that they have in place. It's just whenever Larry wants to make a season of Curb, they'll make it for him. Like that's some power there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, you know, he does it because he loves it. He certainly doesn't need the money. So, um, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Bo, I mean, all those shows that you mentioned, I think we love them because we just love watching people, horrible people, people yeah. working us, people just so screwed up and such assholes. It yeah. makes us feel better about ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> That's, you know, like, I, at least I'm not Dennis. At least right. I don't have the Dennis system. 
You know? Oh, the dentist system. Oh my God. It's like, it's like, how can I, how, why do I love a sociopath on TV? I love this character. Exactly. Here he's, he's like, he's a serial murderer. You yes. know, he is, you yes. know, there's a string of bodies somewhere. They just haven't shown his shit. That I think that's why, because we're waiting to find out where his stash is, where, yeah. where is his bottle dump. Right. Exactly. I can't, they're, they're going to open up his trunk and there's going to be like a tire iron, of course. And then there's going to be like duct tape and, you know, his video camera and yeah, uh, yeah chloroform. So you're chloroform. like, damn, I don't Oh yeah, him and Charlie definitely both have separate stashes somewhere. They probably have a, uh, one that they have together too, as well. So like, um, yeah, I, I don't think Charlie's smart enough to get away with it. Um, so uh, one of my favorite episodes was the Charlie episode where they filmed it like Birdman, and you just followed him around the entire time. Yes, and he uh, he was trying to to get um, he was trying to pass inspection. Yes. Oh, that was such a great episode. It was a great episode, but it showed Charlie being more uh, intelligent than he really is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, uh, oh, did you guys, have you seen Mythic Quest, Rob McElhaney's new show on Apple TV? No. It's called Nipple Nipple Quest? Nipple Quest. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's called Mythic Quest. Oh, Mythic Quest. I'm like, Mythic Quest. That sounds like some, it's a Rob McElhaney joint. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's on Apple TV, and and he's uh, like a video game guy, and he makes like one of these multiplayer RPGs, and it is pretty hysterical. But Brian, you've also given me another idea for um, a show that I'm going to do called Nipple Quest. So thank you. there you go. You're just giving me gold. What was that? Gold my way. Is that where you scour the uh, the internet for like nip slips? Because you do that anyways. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just have a. a Film crew follow me around. Can you call the second season the Areola Chronicles? Yes, we can. All right, cool. I'm in. All right, I have to give you credit for one thing. It's there it's, we go. All right, we'll do it for that. You're full of ideas, man. You should be. Uh, yeah, you're like the Elon Musk of uh, of uh, of great ideas, uh, internet ideas that me and Mike are going to steal for sure. Yeah, thank you. I feel oh, like great. Next thing you know, I'll be smoking weed here. So just like Elon on that Rogan podcast. Well, that's cool. And I'll just be sitting here listening and writing stuff down. Everything you say. <laughs> that's gold. That's gold. It's gold. Yeah. It's gold. Um, so I'm about six and a half seasons into the nine season run to of the office. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm like, wow, I, how did I miss this back in the, the two thousands? But, uh, you know, better late than never. Um, that, that in, uh, parks and recreation, I think are, are brilliant. So I, uh, the, the, um, the network sitcom, uh, my faith has been restored. So that's what I've been watching. But that's all old stuff. That's stuff that's already happened. Yeah. Ming, um, did you watch the UK Office yet? I have not. No, I want. When you're done with that, you should watch. It's it's like a limited series. Yeah. It's, remember when they did Sherlock yeah. as like, hey, here's season one, and it's like it's two four episodes. episodes. Yeah. Well, it, it was like two two hour movies, and it's like, all right, cool. That's an yeah. ep- that's a season. Good enough. Ricky Gervais was uh, the main guy on that one. Yes, on The Office. Yeah, yeah. I actually I watched I watched the I think it went three seasons and I watched that. I just never seen the American version. So. Uh, the American version is it's more cringeworthy. It's more you're you're looking at uh, Michael Scott and the stuff that he does, and you're like, Ugh. and again, it's it's about terrible people and yes. the really bad choices they make, and the the main, um, I, I guess you would call him the protagonist. You, you'd call him the hero is Jim, 
who is is supposed to be every man, and he's one of the salesmen, and he's terrible, but in a different way, in a way that makes you like him. Yeah, but he's still a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah check that out. Yeah, you'll uh, yeah, it's got my stamp of approval for sure. Like again, you know, I, I, yeah, my, that's my bar. Cheers, that's my bar right Cheers. there. Cheers, yeah. It comes pretty close. Yeah, uh, yeah. It once Netflix loses the office, I think that'll hurt them a little bit. I think they're okay with the Tiger King. I think they'll they'll survive. Netflix. I mean, honestly, if you're looking at all the new stuff that's coming out right now during this coronavirus, it's all hitting Netflix. I mean, yeah. they've got content like. Out the ass. It's crazy how much content they have. Except for season eight of comic book, man. That's what they should do. Oh, I, hey, it's on Amazon Prime. And, well, not season eight, but all no. first seven seasons. Yeah. And, uh, we just found out there's an article, uh, in Variety, that, uh, the other day. We're on something called Pluto TV. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is a free streaming platform. And, uh, I'd never heard of it before, but I hopped down. There's an app or you can log in on the website. And it's got the old TV guide grid. So they yeah. run everything like real time. Um, there is some on demand stuff, but for the most part, you kind of, I guess the goal is you tune in and then you pick something to watch, which is running kind of like the old TV shows. And, uh, we're on there somewhere. So, so. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I used to get on there all the time. They have the Unsolved Mysteries channel with the old Robert Stack episodes. I love Robert Stack. Wasn't oh, me he too. He was awesome. I, airplane. Um, and I grew up with Transformers and he was. Yep. Ultra Magnus in the Transformers animated yeah. movie. Yeah, great. Always, and uh, I, I, uh, I always love the, you know, the Unsolved Mysteries reenactments. Like, yeah. And then he went up the stairs, and then he chased her, and they did the the uh, the, the crazy reenactments with a bunch of fake smoke or whatever. It was, yeah, it was good. But oh that, my god, that voice, I, that voice! Like if 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 he was my grandfather and he used to read me like bedtime scary stories or something. I don't think I ever would have slept a wink. Yeah, you'd have been a psychotic child. You, you'd have your own. Uh, you'd be Dennis. I would. I would be in a bottle dump and dump, leaving my pants in in the stash. All over the place. All over the place. I. But yeah, Robert Stack's voice. He was amazing. Uh, did you? Oh, ba- basketball. Did you see? Did you see him in that movie? The was it the, oh the guys from God. South Park? I saw that when it first came out. I think. Yes, I did. And, uh, it, it deserves a, a rewatch, but he was uh, also in, uh, Caddyshack too. Yeah. It was not his finest moment. Yeah. It was not anyone's finest moment. Caddyshack two is, it's the cheers of bad sequels, sequels that never should have been made. That's Caddyshack two. Yeah. Cheers had so many spinoff shows. Did, uh, Frasier. Frasier. Um, and hold on. Let me throw this out there. Do you remember this one? Carla's ex-husband got his own show, The Tortellis. Yes. Oh, my God. And it was um, Casey Kasem's wife. The Casey blonde. Kasem's wife, the really tall blonde. Yeah. she was, And she was on the show. And they, I think it only lasted one season. Yeah. It was like they only aired six episodes or some yeah. nonsense. So, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. He uh, was kind of a one-note character. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, Loretta was her, her na- character. Loretta. Loretta. Yeah. Loretta. Yeah. Oh God. Did you watch Frasier? That was, I loved Frasier. I would catch Frasier every once in a while, but I mean, I, I couldn't stick to any kind of schedule cause I was in the, the food service industry. Yeah. So like nine o'clock or nine 30 on a Thursday night was, I, I was working. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it came out, I think it hit big when I was in college. So, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't catch it. I think it was on Thursday nights. 
Um, I know Kevin loved it so much that he started doing a podcast about every episode. Yeah, what was that? Um, that scrambled egg podcast. He yeah, had. yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if they ever got to every episode. Um, they didn't. I was. I actually listened to a few episodes because I, I watch Frasier every great once in a while. So did did Kevin? This is one of his. Like I was, I was smoking weed and, and watching Frasier, and I want to do a podcast. I, yeah, they, yes, that's exactly okay. what it was. Yes. <laughs> so uh, four episodes in, he's like. I started watching Speed Racer and I want to do a podcast about Speed Racer. And then five episodes into that, you know what I was watching the other day? Did you ever see Gigantor? I love that, that show and I want to do a podcast about it. So there's you know, stops and starts. So shiny. He, he's like, he was like the, uh, the high squirrel following all the pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Following the non-existent nut or, or the nut is like a big butt of weed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Oh, toss salads and scrambled eggs. That I think was that's what it was called. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They never hit the whole run, but uh, they they made a valiant effort for sure. Yeah. Oh, he's just he's just involved in so much. I I went. I didn't get to go to the road show, but I did get to see the Fathom event for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And oh my God, I loved that movie so much. It was just like a love letter to all the fans. That's exactly uh, what he was doing. Yeah, it was going for. I the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross joke had me rolling in the theater. I could not stop laughing. And then I even saw I I love telling Steve Dave, so I watched uh, the Impractical Jokers movie in the theater. I love that. I thought that, that was fantastic as well. So, uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, me me and Mike were lucky enough. Uh, we got invited to the premiere. Oh, wow, uh, which was pretty fun. And, um, you know, I, I, it was the first time I kind of saw that, like, they had to act a little bit. You know, there's the kind yeah. of plot line. And, uh, yeah, clearly I thought Q stood above the rest of the guys, uh, in terms of acting talent. And I was like, well, Q can act, man. He should, he should do this more often. He and, should, he was, uh, he was in an episode of 12 Monkeys, that, uh, sci-fi show. Yeah. Which I love, uh, cause he just went on and tweeted how much he loved that show. They're like, Hey, you want to come on? And, yeah, uh, you know that that never works for me or Mike. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, hey, what did you do? What did you did? You're the Bazooka Joe guy now, though. Uh, yeah, that came about really weird. My friend was like, "Hey, I know this marketing company. Um, they they uh, would you do an Instagram post for Bazooka Bubblegum?" I'm like, "I I love Bazooka Joe. I, yeah, I'll do that." So, uh, um, yeah, I they gave me kind of a loose script and I shot a thing, and they're like, "Hey, you got to keep it under one minute so it can go on Instagram." And uh, so, yeah, I shot a thing. I put my heart and soul into it, and they watched it. And I, we shot it over the podcast studio. And like, wow, wow, that was really good. But all that stuff in the background, uh, you got to take it down because the lawyers are getting, you know, uh, we, you know, we have all, it's like, lawyers. it's all pop culture stuff. So, you yeah. know, Freddy Glove, you got to take that down. The, the, the storm, the Avengers store, the Thor Stormbreaker, you got to take that down. So if you watch it, the whole wall behind me is bare. It's, it looks really bizarre. Um, I, you know, I, just, I, I tried to dress it up with, with as much, I was just like throwing bubble gum on the wall and, and anything. Is that what I was scraping off there? Ugh. Yeah. So they saw it. They're like, all right, that's perfect. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, thanks. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, we get to do some more. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, they, it was, they, they had me and, uh, I can't remember the wrestler's name. It was me and a, they had, they had a WWE wrestler, um, pitching Bazooka Joe bubble gum. And it was pretty, it was fun. It was fun, and yeah. we had a couple tubs over at the uh, the studio. I'm sure I can get more. So they started sending out, like ring pops, and right. uh, and I love candy, so yeah, so it worked out. 
Yeah, every once in a while. I, I don't get a lot for our podcast, but I did Jolt Cola was trying. Oh, yeah. Wow. And yeah. so they sent me like a Jolt Cola uh, uh, lunch pail and uh, had Jolt, Jolt Cola inside. They brought it back. I think they're at Dollar. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dollar yeah, I went and picked up um, like like a dozen of them because uh, I, yeah. I drank them when I was a kid. Yeah. And then um, it was in the movie Hackers. It was like, the, that's a drink of choice for, for late night hackers. Right. And so I went to Dollar General, I bought a bunch of cans and I actually posted that. I filled up our fridge with them. I posted online trying to get a deal like you did. Yeah. Nothing. I got nothing. So they you- reached out to me and they were like, hey, we're trying to bring Jolt Cola back. Would you like some Jolt Cola? And would you talk about it on your podcast? I was like, sure, I'll talk about Jolt Cola for free Jolt. Yeah, so uh, I was real excited about it. I remember, you know, the the the. I remember twice the sugar and wait, twice the caffeine and all the sugar is a tagline. Yeah, so I, I you know I, I went down Dollar General and came back. I popped open a can and it was not as good as I remembered it. No, I, there's something. I think it's like now that we're older. I only drink diet soda now too. I can't even drink like the t- drinking like a Coca Cola just tastes like sugar water to me. So. Yeah, so this is double everything, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, this is not as good as I remember it." So, um, yeah, I, I really, I was hoping we would get. Uh, I, I thought it'd be perfect for the podcaster. Yeah, all that, all that caffeine that boosts up your energy makes you podcast better. But Mike, like, you are itching to say something. I am. I love the fact that they would not um, deign to get back to Ming, and he's like, "Let's trash him on somebody else's podcast." <laughs> Sucks. I think Jolt, but I think it's telling that it's at Dollar General. And no offense to Dollar General, but if you're doing your your grocery shopping at Dollar General and getting your, um, what is it, Red Tide Plankton, you know, your cans of that, you know, three for a buck, it's there's something there. It's like, okay, we're, we're appealing to the not just the lowest common denominator, but what's lower than the lowest? So... <laughs> That's that's good jolt out there in Dollar General, and not to slag on them because hey, they're trying to bring a brand back. Right now, one of my listeners is got the earbuds in as they're walking down the aisle of a Dollar General, Dollar General, and they are hanging their heads in shame. They are. I hope they're looking around, going. I hope no one's filming me in here. They're putting they're putting the can of Franco American. Uh, beans and noodles back on the shelf as we speak. Mike. Well, you should <laughs> go go to a regular grocery store and go to their. If, if you have to go to the dented can aisle, you'll be fine. The populism <laughs> rate is, I think, probably non-existent at this point. Oh, I like what what some of those what NCIS would have us believe. So, but I just love that Ming. That's that's fantastic. That you're like screw Jolt Cola. They I, don't get back to me. Screw you, Jolt Cola. I, I tried, man. I tweeted Jolt Cola. I found out uh, who the pre- the guy who bought the brand, the president. I guess he's a new president now. Jimmy I found his, I, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Jolt. Um, I found his Twitter. I tweeted him. Uh, I set up photo shoots and nothing. So. I I wasted half a day on Jolt Cola. This is the love I get. Screw you, Ming. What I think you did was you just gave him free advertisements. Probably, so yeah. Like, hey, if we keep ignoring this guy, he's just going to keep tweeting about us. You know what? We can take all the stuff that he already did, and we can sell it down in Argentina. 
without worry about copyright laws. And I don't have to, we don't have to give him dime one. <laughs> yeah, I went too far. So maybe I should scale it back a little bit. But yeah, I got to give you props though, Ming. You did everything you could to keep yourself out of a dollar general. Yeah, I guess I did, but well, except for shopping at a dollar general, Ming. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the opposite of doing everything you can to stay out of a dollar general. Yeah, which you left, but I, I actually shop at dollar general a lot. Actually, there's one down the street from the studio. It's in walking distance. And anytime I need, uh, uh, cheap batteries, cheap packing tape, or, um, you know, just cheap snacks. That's where I'll go. So listen, I need a battery that'll last about seven minutes. So I'm going down to Dollar General. All right. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. They're not, they're not carrying Duracell and Rayovac. They're carrying, I don't know, they're, they're just the ge- most generic batteries. Of course. Like, uh, Batori. It's like, <laughs> what? All right. Well, it says it on there, Batori. So I, I, I guess it's got power in it. Jolt makes batteries with twice the sugar. What the fuck is this? I don't. I don't even understand this. Jolt should go into the battery market, though. What a great name! It is a great name. Yeah, it's perfect. And how awesome would it be if you actually plugged it? Or if it's like, who needs an eighty-three volt battery? What does this even fit in? And you're sitting there with the hammer trying to get it in there. It has taurine and ginseng in it. What is going oh, on? High fructose corn syrup in my battery. And turmeric for for uh, you know heart health. Who cares? Yeah, you just reminded me. Uh, um, but maybe ten years ago, um, there was a version of Jolt that came in a can with a little screw top. Yeah, and it was like a battery. That was a goal. It was shaped like a double A battery. I don't know. Yeah, those big fucking when the energy drinks when they look like a thermos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look like you got a screw off the yeah, top. Yeah, I had a little screw top on it. Look exactly like a giant double A battery. So. Yeah. Negative at the bottom. You're like, well, yeah. There's a lot of negatives about this. Yeah, my heart might explode at the end of this fucking drink. So, well, you're you're implicitly um, signing a waiver by drinking it. There you is. Stop. You have agreed to hard conditions that you will not sue us because you die. There's a there's an energy drink and I can't remember the name of it right now and I wish I did. It has a warning on it and it says and you've got to be 17 to buy it. Is it Chernobyl? It's Chernobyl. Chernobyl is what it's called. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, did you watch the Chernobyl docu series on uh, HBO? I did not. Not completely. I I started it. Ah, you know you get. Um, I yeah. did a lot of research on Chernobyl. Yeah. And the wildlife's coming back, like the the uh, the pups that survived, the wolf pups, and actually they're they're they don't even know if they're wolf pups. They think that they're like just stray dogs that um, were abandoned, mm-hmm. and they've got a thriving, you know, a huge pack that are thriving. And they're like, "Well, hey, you can adopt a Chernobyl wolf pup," and it's like, "No, you can't." These things have been for the past thirty years. They've just been foraging in, you know, surrounding, uh, the surrounding woodlands and eating whatever they can get their hands on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust one of those things. You know, you turn out the lights, you're like, all right, who took the dog out? And, you know, there's a glowing thing in the middle of your living room. It's like, yeah, there he is. And it's got like the third eye, like the fish in the Simpsons. Right. Yeah. And four extra paws. Right. Oh, God. There, um, there's an abandoned amusement park not that far from the reactor, and that's the I, I've only seen it in photos. Uh, it looks awesome though. It's just you know, creepy. Completely... 
Yeah, it's creepy. And there's uh, we actually have a um, we have a Chernobyl thing in the stash, a Chernobyl item. I forgot about that. People, some guy went on and they they do this. It's illegal as hell, but you can go over to the Ukraine and you can go on on a tour of the outskirts of Chernobyl where like the radiation level is down. Yeah. And they'll take you in and they have a gift shop from stuff that they have scavenged and you can actually buy stuff. And there were, there were nesting dolls. There were kiss nesting dolls, which is so weird for like 1986. There were kiss nesting dolls in, in the, the town of Cher, uh, the surrounding towns of Chernobyl. And someone brought it back for Walt and we haven't actually at the stash. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's slowly killing you. I, I betcha. Actually, it's making Gidim thrive. It's amazing. <laughs> He's growing larger and larger. So you're talking like, like Peter Chris and, and Gene yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Gene Simmons is the big one. Then you take it off. It's Peter Chris. Then it's uh, Ace Freely and yeah. So what's amazing about that is the fact that when that eventually kills you, you can buy a kiss coffin. Because they sell those. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that it reduces me down to a size where, or it it completely fries me, where I'm just a pile of dust, and they can put me inside of each of the nesting dolls. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, you can always be cremated and just put in the nesting dolls. It might be easier. I, I'm, I, you know what? I'm trying to save my family the thirty-seven fifty. <laughs> there you are. For oh, I see him. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. How weird is that though? Just so insane. Kiss. It, it had a little certificate, which I don't know if we still have, but it's like this, this is from Chernobyl and it's all in Russian. Yeah. Kiss sells everything. They sell everything. I, I bet they got free Jolt Cola. I bet uh, they don't even have to ask me. Yeah. They, I mean, they got to have an energy drink at the very least. Um, but I mean, it, Gene Simmons, love him or hate him, is a master marketer. Oh yeah, they'll sell. They'll make. They they'll make it. So did you know he tried to uh, copyright the dollar sign on the outside of a money bag? Yes, I heard. Um, he that and that was their logo for a while. I remember. Um, uh, he when he was making comic books, uh, I think like whatever the Gene Simmons comics that was the logo. Um, I um. I can't remember why. I think I did a website for them when they were on, when they, uh, when they had, uh, comics over at IDW. I did a, like a one page, uh, kiss comic book website. And, um, they're like, no, make the dollar sign bigger. I'm like, okay. So yeah. No bigger. Yeah. No bigger. Actually, yeah. I don't think you can, uh, copyright the dollar, dollar sign because it's, it's somebody else's manufacturer. Right. And I mean, what is Gene going to come over and chisel out the four on my, uh, keyboard because it's got the dollar sign on top of it he would if he could yeah, he, yeah. He'd, send, he'd send his kiss army after me yeah and you just see like a bunch of blurs on every episode of richie rich yeah <laughs> you know that, that dog that dollarmation belongs to me yeah, yeah. I mean, well i mean we've had the pleasure of meeting the man he was on an episode of comic book men pleasure he was he was a character for sure i've i've listened to some uh, I, yeah, I, I I don't know all the details, but I've heard you know enough. Yeah, so. Brian wasn't happy with him. Walt wasn't happy with him. Uh, it's sad. I'm neutral. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's like you, sometimes you get to like meet your heroes, and it's not what you wanted. So, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've always wanted to meet Michael Jordan. That's the guy that I, but I, I feel like if I ever met him, I'd end, I'd end up like, you know, just annoying the shit out of him, wanting to talk about everything. I think so. he'd be all right. Um, he, he's for about, sorry, it's an early Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, by all accounts that I've heard, he is nothing but a delightful human being. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I've been watching The Last Dance. If you guys are not watching that on ESPN, I would highly recommend I, that. I, I got to grab it. I love sports documentaries. And I no. mean, you don't have to be into sports to watch that. That's you don't. You don't. I, it's, uh, you can go to the ESPN app and they have a TV mature version. So it's like Jordan's dropping the F bomb, Rodman's dropping the F bomb. So you don't have to watch like the one that they just show on TV. They have a mature version. It's awesome. Oh, great. No. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Mind blown, right? Yeah, he seems like such a, an upstanding individual. Yeah. He's misunderstood, Mike. He had a rough childhood. Misunderstood. Well, yeah, okay. If if that's the pronoun you want to use with him, go to town. Yeah, I think um, I, I've never met him, but uh, I, had a, I had a friend who, he was in Vegas, and yeah. he was walking through the casino, and he's walking by the through the high roller section, and um, he... he he saw Jordan at a table playing blackjack. Uh, it was $20,000 a hand. Oh, my God. And so when he walked by, he saw him. It was maybe 8, 8 p.m., like 8 o'clock at night. So my friend went out. He went He went and partied. He came back, and it was like 6 in the morning. Jordan's still there. His head is in his hands, and he's obviously down. God knows how much money. But he had been there for like nine hours playing $20,000 a hand blackjack. I'm like, wow, I, it'd be nice to have that much money. Where you can be like, all right, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll double down. Yeah. The hesitation. And, What's crazy uh, is like all the money he's losing in that moment, he's probably earning money. Right. As oh, yeah. he's sitting at the table just from like endorsements and other things. Of course. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm sitting here. I can play, let's say conservatively five hands. So that's a uh, hundred thousand. I'm making $150,000 an hour. Yeah. I'm all right. And think about all like the, the casino's got to comp him a bunch of stuff because they know that people know he's there. So everybody's showing up at that casino. He's getting comped. He's getting taken care of. Well, I mean, it be comped though. It's like, all right, we're comping you your room, um, an airplane. How about, uh, a fleet of limos? Yeah. You're getting the rain man suite tonight, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, get, you want the hangover suite? We got Joe Exotic provided tigers. You can go into the hangover suite. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, um, are you familiar with the conspiracy theory that the NBA forced him to retire uh, because he was gambling on sports as well? And um, that 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 time that time he went retired and played baseball, there's a conspiracy theory saying that David Stern was like, "Hey, uh, he, we just caught you betting on sports. This is going to look really bad for you. If you retire for a couple of years, wait till this blows over. We'll let you come back in a couple of years." And I've never heard that conspiracy. Heard of that? And, it, was, uh, yeah. it was always like his father was big into baseball. And after his father passed away, he just wanted, I, that, I, that's, that's the story. I've never heard that conspiracy. I, yeah, that, which always sounded fishy to me. He was, uh, he was what, I think three or two or three championships in. He's at the top of his game. Three. He was three in. Yeah. And he all of a sudden retires and I get it, his dad died, but I, I you know, his dad I, was murdered. Right. So, he was murdered yeah. The road, but, um, it always sounded weird to me. It was like, so you wouldn't, just keep going in his memory. You would, you would ret- I, it, the whole retirement thing was shocking, of course, but it's not, always sounded um, like there was something behind it. He, but he went to baseball. It's not like he retired and, and then sunk out of public life. He was still front and center. And, and he's still in sports. 
Exactly. And it was insane how much coverage he was getting because he was he was a fair baseball player. He wasn't great. Mm, he was pretty bad. Uh, and there's a 30 for 30 documentary about all. He was playing. Yeah, he was playing for the White Sox like minor league team. When you get to the even if you can get into the uh, the minors, even if it's like triple A farm ball. You're still ahead of every other human being on the face of the planet as far as your skill in baseball. Oh, I, I agree. But, um, yeah, it always sounded weird that he retired at, at the top of his game. Obviously, he had a lot left because when he came back, he won three more championships. Yeah. Oh, it so was, he was, he was, he loved his dad so much. And his so, dad was more of a baseball fan than a basketball fan. So when his dad passed away, he just, I think he just wanted to honor his father. It all came down to just honoring his father and playing baseball. I mean, he was wearing like the number 45. That was like his brother's number was right. 45. And so like, and his dad, he was, I, I think Jordan was always kind of like competing with his brother, Larry, for their father's affection, you know? <laughs> so it, I don't, I, I, I hope it's not like the, the gambling. If you look at it, gambling, look at Charles Barkley, that guy has gambled millions away sure. but they can they, these guys can afford it like if you've got enough money just i mean it it doesn't matter these guys it all becomes theoretical money it's like uh eh. yeah it's just numbers on a piece of paper at that yeah. yeah but look into the conspiracy theory theory i'll I check it out i think there's there's something to it for sure i'll check it out i just can't like david stern like jordan in the 90s like that was their bread and butter you know and so Right. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, from what I heard, he, he got caught gambling on sports and, and in particular basketball, like maybe not necessarily. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they, didn't, they didn't want like a Pete Rose situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, even the Pete Rose situation is completely ridiculous. They it should is. give him already for God's sake. Let yeah. him, the, I mean, let him buy a ticket to, to the, uh, Hall of Fame up yeah. in town. Let him go in. Yeah, I I agree. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, you know. I remember when all that went down and I'm like, so what? He was yeah. dead. I don't, I don't think I don't think I don't think he'll get in the Hall of Fame until after he passes away and it's not. And, and 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 nobody cares anymore, you know. So Although, I mean, take a look at the uh the Black Sox. And even even to this day there are still people like Joe uh Shoeless Joe didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, I highly recommend The Last Dance. You got to watch it. It's so good. I'm in. My son is completely into that. So, yeah, he's he's telling me. He's like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing here. This is awesome. Uh, if other people want to talk with you guys on their podcast, how can they do that? Uh, they can go to our website, uh, our podcast studio, ashareduniverse.com, and uh, book us up. Uh, yeah, we're running like a quarantine coronavirus special where me and Mike will come on 40 bucks, man. Um, Absolutely. You're helping us keep the lights on and we're helping out, uh, other podcasters. So, you know, uh, last night and this is great. Ming did a seven and a half hour podcast to save a, a local music venue. We have uh, a place down in Asbury Park where, um, you know, Springsteen was and, uh, yeah. every, every Southside Johnny. Uh, it's called the Saint. It's a really small music venue and they're in, in trouble of, well, in trouble, in danger of going out of business. Yeah. It's sort of an icon and they, we need to have small places like this 
So, um, Ming, hats off, Ming. Seven and a half hours. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, uh, the, yeah, the guy who runs it, Scott, he's, he's always been very welcoming to independent music artists, but, uh, we, we've podcasted there as well, which was awesome. So, you know, it's this little, like, 15 foot by 15 foot stage, which is already cramped because there's so much gear on it and a drum kit. Um, but, uh, yeah, we set up tables one day and we podcasted there. Uh, he welcomes comics and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a dive bar too. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, so we, um, it's, and of course it started out as a joke. It was like, Hey, Hey, why don't we do a live stream to save, uh, save the, save the bar? And, uh, it turned into a whole thing, which we did last night. And, um, so, uh, um, uh, yeah, this other guy lined up like 40 plus acts and uh, we we're like, we'll just live stream it. Like, uh, we use this platform that we're talking on now. And, um, we originally scheduled like five to 11, but it went way past that. So it was fun. Wow. It was really cool. That's very cool. Seven and a half hours. Yeah. New record. New record. Is that a new record? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody else, like, yeah, I went seven and a half hours once. And, um, that's Kevin's record too. Kevin Smith's record for, uh, how long he talked at a Q and A, like one of those live Q and A's he does. Yeah. He went seven and a half hours once. Yeah. I mean, you can get into the Guinness Book of World Records for about anything. I heard somebody broke the record for getting hit in the face with a sponge. They got hit in it. I guess it's like in a minute. They got hit in the face with a sponge 43 times. So it's like that's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I feel me and Mike could break that. We should try that. You totally should. Uh, except we're, we're, we're already in the Guinness Book of World Records. So we don't, we don't need that. We, uh, most Jay and Silent Bob cosplayers in one place. We broke that record. That, that is true. Common. I remember that. We didn't break it. If you guys do break that sponge record, bring it back to Seinfeld. You guys are sponge worthy. Yes, we're sponge worthy. That'd be great. (laughs) You actually have to throw the sponge, or can you just like slap someone with a sponge? That's what I. Yeah, I like. Like, what are the rules? I want to know the rules because forty-three doesn't sound like a lot, does it? No, you have to be like ten feet away. Uh, The each one of the sponges have to be filled with like two and a half ounces of right. liquid. You know, I, I, I don't know. Are so. they, are they putting it into like one of those baseball pitching machines and hitting you in the face? Cause like, that's impressive. Yes. If that. that's what happens, then that is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. They take it seriously though. They sent the dude, the, the adjudicators are called the guys in the suits and yeah. they're, they're very serious. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, 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 do I need to get hit in the face with a sponge? Who needs to do anything, Ming? Right. Mike, I think you should break the record for the most cigarettes, the, like the dude with the cigarettes oh, in his mouth. Okay, I could, yeah, let's do the monkey. That's yeah, do the monkey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Incredible. All right, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, Brian, anytime. Yeah, Brian, thank you. Thanks thank for helping us keep the lights on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I really hope to see you in Chicago soon. I yeah. Really, 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 me too. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know, like, what, if they're, like, as far as, like, these conventions are going, I don't know if it's going to be, like, when they come out with a vaccine, that's when they're going to start doing conventions again. I, I, I think so. I mean, you're going to run into a lot of factors. Uh, that many people in one place, uh, yeah. you know, you shake people's hands, how far, you know, there's a bunch of people crammed in one space. Not yeah. a good deal. Not a good idea right now, but. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we'll be back. Uh, I was predicting like maybe, uh, you know, they're, they're canceling a lot of them this year. A lot of them have been postponed. Um, I think there may be some trickling back in the fall, maybe. And I hope so because I want to go back again. Yeah. Um, but. Well, the Tell Them Steve Dave 10th anniversary show is like going to be the 11th now because they can't do it this year. I, yeah. And I don't feel bad for them often. 
but that for that one, I felt bad. <laughs> feel bad. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're a prince among men. <laughs> I'm a good guy, but yeah. No, I mean we were all going to be there. I think they're all. Yeah. Gonna, you know, we had we were going to be a part of it. Which no, was- Ming. Tell the truth. Ming might not have been there, Brian. Oh yeah, real quick. And so I had to make a very tough decision, Brian. So yeah, the, choice right here, Brian. The, the original day was June thirteenth, and um, uh, I remember Brian was like, "Hey, you know, we, we want you to be a part of this tenth anniversary." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll, I'll I'll come up." But uh, almost on the same day, I get an email from a uh, Comic Con in Hawaii, which is like, uh, "Hey, we'd love you to come out." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in." When is it? June thirteenth. I'm like, "Oh crap!" And and it it was I was like man, I was like do I you know these are my friends you know they yeah. supported me you know uh, many things happened because of the abuse I took on Tell Him Steve Dave, uh, comic book men being one of them, or do I take the free trip to Hawaii for Comic Con? I was like right. oh, tough man, and uh, it it, res- it actually resolved itself even before this whole coronavirus thing. Um, you know I emailed the promoter of the convention. I was like hey I got kind of a tough decision. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell him Steve Dave fan. I would feel bad if I took you away from the 10th anniversary. Just come back next year. Um, just come next year. Yeah. Uh, so now with all this, I may be able to do both. So That's awesome. <laughs> That's Yeah. How can you turn down Hawaii, though? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough that uh, they do not throw a lot of Comic-Cons on Hawaii. So Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest. If if uh, Brian Johnson was asked to do that, he wouldn't even tell you that he's not showing up. Yeah. Right. He'd just yeah. be like, Hey, where's Brian? It's June 13th. He said he'd be here. It's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. He's, uh, he's doing a Hulu dance, Hula dance yeah, right he, now. Yeah. And, uh, he's been unavoidably detained. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I would have chosen to tell him Steve Dave. So I know it's easy to say now, but I, I, yeah. uh, I would have, uh, I would, yeah, I, I probably would have, uh, if, even if the guy wasn't a fan, tell him Steve, I would, I would have been like, Hey, I have prior commitment is pretty big. And, uh, you know, maybe can I come back next year? But it's all, it all works out. It all works out. Yeah, very cool. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. I really appreciate this. This is Brian, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Brian, great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you soon for sure. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been dead, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say it's already been said Leftover Only talent It's the band that's singing this Pop culture leftover
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. The band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.